right, cool. I can't live. see it, but I believe you. Almost ready to go live. All right, we're live, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a nice uh, hot night in Montreal, so it's uh, it's steamy, but you know, it's it's still it's still chill. Yeah, that's nothing. Uh, nothing new with Montreal. It's always hot in the summer. It's, it's like a yeah, slimy it's like, type of hot. It's just sticky every day. Um, yeah, and like some days it's good where you get a little bit of wind, but uh, oh my god, this summer especially, I don't know what it's what it is, but it's been really hot. Yeah, but it's, it's getting, good? getting hot out there. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, that's cool, man. Um, so what have you been up to, man? I mean, it's been so long that we've uh, you know connected and hung out. I mean, I think last time was probably like six months ago. You told me. Uh, Oh my God, six months ago? Okay, yeah, maybe a, a year time. ago. I, I'm not 100% sure. It, it's been a while. I remember meeting your new dog for the first time and I'm like, oh, wow, like you got a new dog, you know? Okay, yeah. okay. I think I think the last time that we saw each other, we went uh, to the old port, possibly. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. We went to yeah. the old port and it was pissing rain. I remember. Yeah, that. exactly. Yes. Exactly. And we tried um, to go to some exposition or something. Yeah, and it didn't out. work out. But you know what? Yeah. It was it was still a good day. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's been a while. Um, yeah. What has happened in that time? Uh, I was I was house sitting for my aunt for a little bit in the plateau. So I was I was living there for a month, and then. Uh, and then after that, I moved back in with my mom for a bit. And then in May, I finally moved out to the plateau, uh, which is nice. Uh, so I got a place here and I've been living here for, I guess, a few months now. Still haven't decorated my room because, you know, I'm just lazy like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got stuff uh, going on, though. You got like yeah, exactly. and music videos going on. Yeah. So lots of stuff happening uh, since I moved out. Uh, been doing more of that kind of stuff. So videography work. Um, I mean, I do my weddings every year, but this year, yeah. especially, there's been a lot of uh, music videos, shooting some live events. Uh, I recently shot and edited a film for someone. Uh, and then I'm making my own projects at the same time. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to work on a feature film right now, which is, it takes a long time, especially when you only shoot it on your free time. But it's it's been fun, and I've been making it with uh, a few friends so yeah, it's just kind of you know navigating life. Uh, moved out for the first time, and then doing work and uh, trying to keep a social life and all that. So it's it's been good. It's awesome, yeah, man. First year out of school, you know, you're you're getting into the you know, the filmmaker grind of everything and kind of yeah, exactly. It's an intense grind too because there's so much competition even just in Montreal. There's so much competition. Like there's a very strong artistic community and. Mm -hmm it kind of, it's encouraging in a way because you're surrounded by so many like cool and creative people that it kind of motivates you to, to do your own thing and, and make it in that industry. And, uh, and it's been uh, stimulating even just for like work, you know, like even just for stuff that pays, like it's nice because you're doing your, your craft. Right. So hundred percent. Uh, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. You want to be around people that are like better than you. So you can try to like, compete and you know do better yourself it's like uh exactly you elevate each other that way yeah and i i find that even though there is kind of a competitive element i guess to like the film scene in general it doesn't matter where you are uh there's still a like a community there and a community that's willing to help you if you're willing to put yourself into that community and, uh, there's always people to collaborate with and work with and i keep meeting new and interesting uh, people that do the same thing so 
uh, yeah, it's very stimulating and interesting. Always. So are you living by yourself right now or are you living with a roommate, like another filmmaker or someone who's like, you know, like-minded? Uh, have, yeah, I have two roommates. So one of them is not in film, but the other one is an actress. And uh, Oh, cool. And that way, yeah, like uh, we kind of just surround ourselves with actors and filmmakers and we're always like kind of in that scene and that. Uh, You're in the bubble. In the bubble. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Nice. Well, that's good. I mean, you, you definitely got a lot of uh, different people to help you with your projects. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like, I, you, you, never really, you never really expect people to come through, especially if you have crazy ideas. But if you're good to work with, I think that's, that's the main thing. Even like in any field, it doesn't really matter. If you're good to work with and you have a vision and you, you care about the people that are working with you, like you take care of them during the project, then... Uh, everyone's very open and uh, willing to be there, you know? Yeah, for sure. What do you think is the hardest thing that you've been kind of going through this year? Like, cause I know it's been the first year for you out of school and you kind of feel like you're, uh, um, you know, the safety net of school is kind of gone and you don't have an excuse anymore. You kind of have to go out there and grind and pay the bills. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the number one stress, especially even though I got like, a very nicely priced place in the in the plateau it's still how much you paying <laughs> um 600 every month plus like 50 dollars in utilities so it's, it's 600 like is in you guys are splitting it right like three, yeah, like, three I, like i'm just no no no. i'm paying 600 like the the place itself is yeah yeah that's what i mean like 600 three ways right yeah like, exactly yeah. well not three ways but you're yeah, each yeah, paying yeah. 600 yeah exactly. that's pretty good and yeah. and you guys got a good square footage yeah, no, it's it's a really nice like that we uh, the main space is basically the kitchen and then the living room and that's like a pretty nice long space and then there's a corridor and we have a balcony and each of the rooms uh, is a good size so yeah they're like there's enough space and it's it's great I love it here that's awesome and yeah. um, you're like in the center of things right because the plateau is like a beautiful neighborhood where it's like vibrant there's shit going on all the time like you know there's... oh my god yeah yeah like I'm on I'm on Mount Royal and De La Roche and during this time of the year they close down Mount Royal and it is just packed every single day even when it's dead there's just like you never have a boring night in the plateau no and <laughs> my room faces um this the back of a bar in the bar so there's always oh like people going like in the alley and singing and dancing and there's one time like a fire in the alley and then they saw like quite a few other nights where this guy was just serenading women with his guitar and just other <laughs> shit, you know it's, it's, it's was funny. it working <laughs> uh, yes like the two times that i was out on my balcony just smoking and like listening to him and like watching him do his thing he was successful so oh nice yeah it's pretty funny i mean he played wonderwall which is like some really when you say successful does, does it mean like he just plays a song he's like all right let's go back to my place <laughs> i mean listen at a certain point you you hear him stop playing the guitar and you start hearing some other stuff so you know. oh yeah <laughs> at least Man. okay at least one of the times the other time you just stopped playing and then i just heard nothing and then i was like oh okay that's uh you're a little you're a little what's it called uh, travis bickle or something who yeah exactly you're that night watcher movie the alfred hitchcock whatever he's like looking through the windows oh uh rear window yeah, exactly. You'd get those references. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I get all of them. Well, that's fun. That's fun. So, 
I mean, uh, you know, you, you're living down there and it feels good. You're, yeah. you're happy that you moved out finally. And Oh yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. for sure. I mean, like, I think there's such a, a freedom with moving out, like, especially, especially after school, it's kind of like, okay, where am I going? You know, what am I going to do with my life basically? And then, so how do you map out your days? How do you like, cause is it, you're not because you're not consistently getting the same thing you know it's kind of like you one day it's this one day it's that you have to kind of map it out somehow to you know regiment yourself yeah uh, basically how it is is i would say i work about about half the month uh whether it's like shooting or editing or that kind of stuff mm. and the other half of the month i either spend working on my projects on the side or trying to get stuff done for the future Mm -hmm. um and then you know just chilling with friends you know i always try and go out and explore the city or do new things or catch a movie or you know just uh, i'm trying to always stay proactive i mean i have some some days where i'm just doing nothing and relaxing but i always tr try and uh, work on something or go out and do something and uh, that's just kind of how i organize my time uh, it also just depends on the amount of work I have in a given time, like there's, there's weeks where there's very intense uh, work where I'm editing projects back to back and shooting. And then there's weeks where I don't really do much of anything. So it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of inconsistent, but like generally it's like working half the month and the other half is, you know, just whatever I want. That's good. And do you ever like try to seek out leads by yourself? Like, is that something you do? Like you're constantly searching to uh, get more opportunities whether I don't know, contact people online or is it more uh, networking? What do you do? Honestly, it's completely networking because at least in the past like few months, I have not had to reach out for a single job. It's always uh, either people are approaching me for work or uh, I have like friends who are like, hey, I'm doing uh, a production assistant gig uh, for like one or two days uh, on a music video. Do you want to come help out? And you're also mm -hmm. going to be paid. So it's it's that kind of stuff as well where uh, work just comes to me and then you know people also search like uh, search for me and are like oh I've seen this project I want you to do this right so or there's like, a lot of I, PA work well not I mean that's not the bulk of my work I would say maybe I do sure. one or two PA jobs every month it really depends uh, but like that definitely helps you know if, if I don't have anything for a week or two then why not just work a couple days on some production like a, a show or a music video already Cool. When you say like a show, like, do you mean like a, a, like a show that's like funded like by like Warner Brothers or like a studio, like a major studio? Well, okay. For instance, um, what was it? It was like a couple months ago. I worked on The Amazing Race and I was a production assistant on that show for about three days, three or four days. W which one was that? The Amazing Race. Yeah. But what, like who's in it? <laughs> oh, who's in it? I mean, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's a reality TV show. It's a really big reality TV oh, show yeah? where it's... Um, it's i think it's primarily in the u.s but they did it in canada this year and it like this is huge this is like a huge game show and uh they did it in montreal for like the first episode i believe the first or second episode and uh i was there basically they they it's 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 a bunch of courses where you have to like look at clues and go all over the city wherever like you are oh really yeah and it's it's a race to get to like a bunch of challenges and then to like the finish line so i was at the big wheel and the contestants had to like climb on the on the ladders up to like the very top of the wheel and get something and then climb down and there's like a clue and then they have to go find that clue somewhere in the city and it just keeps going like that what was that like um that was in it was interesting because the first day we were signing contracts and 
basically getting the rundown and that took like a couple hours and we were literally just paid like a flat rate of 230 dollars or something every day so even just for signing contracts like boom 230 bucks right there and then the second day uh we were scouting the location for 20 minutes and then i went home and it's just like easy money right there and then the bulk of the work was when they were actually filming and even then i wasn't really doing much it was uh it's very chill and you work with nice people so it's nice and every pa job is different uh you know it depends like there's some productions where it's a lot more small scale and they require a lot more work uh and then Sometimes you're on, you're on these big shows, they just ask you to move a box and then <laughs> that's it. That's all the work that you do for a day. So it's it's nice. And yeah, they don't care. They're just giving you the money and you're like, okay. like Yeah, cool. exactly. Like they, they don't give a shit. And they're really like most people that are below the line on any single show uh, are really nice and really good to work with, especially in Montreal. Uh, it's I've never had a bad experience working with, with any crew, honestly. That's like a professional crew. It's always been a... Uh, you know, a great time and they always make sure like, are you doing good? And they're concerned, like, you know, uh, oh, can we make your job easier? So it's, it's, it's a good community. Yeah. Cause they're professional. Do, yeah, do exactly. You have, professional. Do you ever have trouble like working with people who are not professional? Like, do, does that come up where there's going to be uh, some issues for you specifically? Like if someone is not being professional on set or like not doing their job properly? No, but have, like, you know, since now, like you're doing this very often, often, like what are like your standards and what like are things that kind of piss you off about working with like people, you know, just like not in the industry, but like around you, you know? Yeah. Well, I could say the number one thing is it doesn't really matter what the production is, if it's big or small or professional or not super professional, uh, or I guess I guess the difference is like the difference between a professional work environment is how organized the the people at the top are, right? Like, are they taking into account um, how the crew is doing the the temperature? Like, if it's a hot day, are they getting shade and water and they're being fed properly if they're not being paid, right? Like the bare minimum stuff. And I think the 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 big thing for me is I only work on sets for the most part that. I know that the people I'm working with are good to work with, right? Like it's not going to be a problem. And, you know, if I'm being paid, then sometimes, yeah, I'll, I'll take more shit, but you know, I understand because it's a bigger production, you have to work harder, but if it's a smaller production I'm not being paid and I'm helping out, then for me, the least that I look for is that I know it's going to be a professional work environment where everyone will be treated correctly. Even if the work is, is hard and, it's a difficult shoot at least that the the above the line people are appreciative and you know treating the crew properly right mm -hmm. some gratitude some like you know uh well i see what you guys are doing and even though like i can't provide everything for you you know like yeah I'm, he's they're acknowledging it as opposed to someone who's selfish and just takes everyone for granted yeah and and just being understanding because like everyone's trying to do their job at least like if people are doing their job right uh you have to appreciate what they're doing and let's say there's a, a crunch in the schedule, right? Like things are going behind and people are working hard, then you have to work with everyone and try and find a solution and get there faster instead of complaining and being like, well, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you know, right? Like come to a conclusion rather than just breaking down completely. Have you ever had to like walk out of a set or like yell at anybody like that? No, I mean, cause I'm just- you're not. such a like a chill guy. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't know how like you handle- like, I, I've never seen you in that situation where you get pissed off at someone, you know, like... 
you've I, never I, had any issues or anything, but yeah, you know, exactly. Like, um, I mean, I've never had something so bad where I'm just like, I'm beyond pissed or something like that. Uh, yeah. there's been days that have tested not yet. me. Yeah, not <laughs> yet. Exactly. Like I'm just a, I'm just a bomb waiting to explode. Uh, but there's been days that I've had that are hard for sure. But for me, I always try and keep a level head because I know that it's not good for ever, for anyone to just like lose your cool or to mm-hmm. to be a little bitch about it on set, you know. And uh, for complaining me, is the worst. People who complain, yeah, yeah it exactly, just feeds it's, off a negative vibe. It's like they're trying to recruit you to join their pessimistic bullshit. But it's like let's fucking make this movie happen, you know. I know that it's like bullshit. Like this, you could talk about it later, but not now, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like. Um, I, I don't really, I mean, I care about shit that happens on set, but for me, if the vibe is down, then people are not going to be doing their, their job properly. And you have to be there to motivate everyone and be like, no, 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 we're a team. We're going to stick together and it's shitty right now, but we're going to push through this and, and find a solution to like a problem. Because honestly, 90% of shooting something, anything is just problem solving. Like, how am I going to get this shot? How are we going to fix this problem? How am I going to work around this? Right. So if, you're losing your shit on set, then uh, you're screwed. Yeah, for sure. So um, what are some Zen tips you can teach? Like, you know, because you're such a Zen person. Well, like, what are you, what are are some things that you do to bite your tongue, you know, not get, because you you could take a lot of shit. I guess. um, I've never really had to think about it, but for me, because film is my life, right? Like, that's what I want to do. And I'm very dedicated to it uh, no matter what i'm doing whether it's just like even if it's something simple like recording an interview uh i am just keeping everything in perspective right like you can start to get really annoyed and you know i do have moments where like i'm shooting something and there's uh an issue that pops up that's really frustrating whether it's somebody that's getting in the way or something's not working out you kind of you have your little spat for like a you know 30 seconds but for me i just kind of afterwards just look at the situation i'm like okay what am i supposed to do how do i break this down so that i can fix this and i kind of just move past anger you know because i find it wastes too much time and there are things to get angry about but for me i'm just kind of like okay let's take care of this right away and then i can be angry about it later and then most of the time it's just like oh whatever it's past i don't care anymore so i kind of yeah just keeping perspective and even when shit hits the fan again like so easy to break down and i've seen so many people on so many different sets that just lose it for no reason and i'm just there like okay i get that this is frustrating but keep it they together. look like a toddler kind yeah of. they look yeah. like a toddler and it's not professional and i think most professionals just don't have those those spats of anger you know i mean there there are definitely some who are like perfectionists and it's like no 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 we have to do it like tom this. cruise or something but tom, he's like he's calling I, out the bullshit that's what I'm saying. Like someone like Tom Cruise or, you know, famously some, someone like Alfred Hitchcock or Stanley Kubrick, right? Like they are, these are all artists who are uh, professionals and who are dedicated to their craft and they're perfectionists and they can be assholes. And sometimes, you know, un, like it's not, it's not really deserved that they're assholes to their crew, but they are dedicated and they are there. So it's understandable. But if you're being an asshole, just because like something has come up and you're like, well, shit, I didn't get it my way, blah, blah, blah. And then you're, you're not finding a solution. Then yeah, it's not, it's not really warranted. A hundred percent. We'll get it more into that. But first I got to talk to you about stream studio. Stream studio is the platform we're using right now. Ryan, how do you like using stream studio? 
you know, it's great. It's very smooth. It's been enjoyable. It's very smooth. Yeah, yeah. it's very smooth. It, it, all you got to do is, you know, like you put your headphones in, you, you go on the website, you put in your uh, email, bada bing, bada boom, you get a podcast going. It's so easy. Yeah. I mean, I've been using Stream Studio for a while now, and I haven't been happier ever since because, I mean, it's definitely a game changer. For me, I, I think that, you know, you're going on Logic or you're filming on something else. It's such a waste of time because you can do this all on the web, on stream.studio. You don't have to waste your time having a bunch of different files, having a bunch of different things to wor- worry about because sometimes something might not be recording. But guess what? Stream Studio always records for you. So go on stream.studio today to get yourself a great podcast platform and have a podcast today. I'm sure you're an interesting guy. Uh, you know, you have an interesting voice, anybody who's listening and uh, yeah, start your own podcast. Sorry about that, but that's, I, I got to do the ads, you know, got to pay the uh, bills, bro. Got to pay the bills, but stream studio yeah. is actually great. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, but you know what though? Like here's, here's something about, um, like acting and that whole world. It's like, and also directing creators, you know, the creators tend to be a bit like narcissistic. And I know this just from experience and dealing with people and they don't really see beyond um, their own world. You know, they, they kind of live in their own world. They think everything has to go their their way. It's like they, they live like Caligula, you know, or that, that, that the famous Roman emperor in the, was it Caligula in, in Gladiator? Who who played Joaquin Phoenix? No, he he's not Cal- uh, Caligula. Uh, I would search Nero. it up now. It's uh, but Caligula. All these Roman emperors that were psychotic. Let me look yeah. it up. Mark uh, Gladiator. Was it Caligula? Uh, God damn! I only I've only seen it in Gladiator a handful of times. Commodus, Commodus. Yes, yes Commodus. Commodus. Yeah. I don't know if Commodus was that was actually a prick in real life, but anyways, like that. That's kind of like what you're dealing with with you know, some creators and artists, uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to say a lot of the time, but you know, you'll get a fair, um, bit of that. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, you kind of have to like stab through it, you know, you kind of have to yeah. be very upfront. You have to kind of like, you know, pop the balloon before it gets out of hand. Otherwise it'll keep going and going and keep festering, you know? I agree. But I, I'm sure you would also agree that I feel like if you're going to be an artist, you have to have some degree of ego involved you know because if you're creating your art and you're making it for the purpose of like putting it out there and for people to consume it's kind of like saying oh my god my work is enough that i have to put it out there and other people have to uh experience it and consume it right and it's like that in music and film uh, and it's really about keeping that ego in check right because mm-hmm. you need it you need it there to have that driving passion right but you also need to keep it in check so that it doesn't overtake that passion yeah 100 percent. but also just realizing how to treat other people is very important yeah. too and understanding that you know sure this is a project but there's also ways of doing business you know this it's doing business uh, working on set together it's and you have to be professional by you know not letting your judgment cloud your um you know uh, the way you're working on set so I think it's very important to kind of keep people in check, you know? And I, I was curious, do you ever have to do that when you're on set? If Yeah, it's definitely happened a few times where you're, you know, I'm obviously never going to name names, but like when you're collaborating with people and sometimes it's, they're very dead set in their ways. Right. And 
that's not necessarily it doesn't come from a bad place all the time it's just more like no 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 this is how we have to do it because this is the only way i see us solving this problem right like this is how like uh, let's say for example you're uh you're shooting a movie scene and someone on set's like no no no, we have to do the scene like this you should shoot it like this or you should the character should act like this uh you're gonna deal with some people like that where they are overstepping you once in a while and it's also your job like i'm i'm speaking purely more from like a director's point of view uh sometimes it's just your job to either take that criticism and reorient or just be like no 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 like this is how we're doing it don't Let's not change things up uh, on the last minute. It's that's kind of how it is making a, a film or a music video or just shooting anything. You're kind of making decisions on the fly, even if there is a plan. You have to have that second intuition, and sometimes people will question it, and it's valid, and you have to be open enough to accept that. But also, like you said, some people get narcissistic, and it starts to take over the set, and it's like, okay, relax. You know, we have. A plan this is i know what i'm doing you have to trust me on this because we're a team and there needs to be a captain of the ship you know like you have to yes you have to understand where this is going right so it's it's a it's a give and take 100 percent. the uh, the reason why i'm saying is because i feel like it happens more often you know at our age right now than you know on later sets you know because it's still oh, kind yeah, of like sure. everyone's figuring things out and uh, I'm curious, how often do you have to deal with that? Uh, where like egos go unchecked? Yeah, egos go unchecked or there's just that conflict of, um, you know. I mean, realistically, I would say as of like just in like, let's say the past year, I haven't had to deal too much with uh, like bad egos. I mean, you, you're, all, you're obviously going to come across those kinds of people, but I haven't had like any bad experiences recently because for the most part the people that I choose to work with like it depends like if it's a job or it's a bigger set and it's kind of out of your control the people that you're working with because it's professional but uh, for my freelance work or when I'm helping out friends like I haven't really had to deal with anybody that is tough to work with because I try and filter those people out or I can tell right away like nope that is not someone to work with Uh, Mm -hmm. like when people approach me for projects um we there's always like a short conversation beforehand before like they accept or decline to work with you where you're kind of getting to know each other and like what their vibe is and what they're asking of you and from there I can kind of it's it's hard and you need lots of experience and I'm not like 100% there yet but you can kind of tell like okay who is going to be a good collaborator and who's not right like who is going to be a client that will respect me and my work and I'll respect them or they're just going to be like fuck you do all this work for me and i'll pay you but you have to be my slave right mm-hmm. so who's who's an example of someone that you think like you really draw um like you've learned things from them and you're like this is you know this guy knows what he's doing he's got it he's, he's got it made right now you know he's uh, uh he's you, doing well you mean or like he or she director anyone on set that you feel like you've is almost like a shining star. Is there anyone that, because you said there's competition and there's a lot of people that you, you're looking at, um, like improving yourself, like you're like taking an example from them. Who would that person be like on top of your list at the moment? Or like, you know, you can say top three and tell me a little bit about their films and everything that's going on there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I draw more from style rather than like a career. Uh, mm. but I think, okay, we'll, we'll start with like the career aspect. Um, I definitely 
admire a lot of independent filmmakers uh let's say like someone who's kind of new but has been around for a while but he's been blowing up recently as this filmmaker sean baker who kind of blew up with this movie that he shot on an iphone called tangerine uh, and that was huge at the time because no feature film that got into major film festivals was really respected for being shot on a phone but he kind of proved everyone wrong and just showed like you could make an interesting film for really cheap on a phone and still have interesting story and characters and all that and still get a major release which is what happened there and after the success he's, of- he's a new director he's, he's 51 years old this guy's an old fart well like new in the sense that like his films <laughs> are now i mean it's true though like he, yeah, yeah, yeah he made it pretty late in his in his career and i i mean a lot of directors do actually only i would say a small handful even make it before they're 35 because uh, a lot of directors have to grind for many years before that they can get their films off the ground and funded and distributed. So it's, it's a whole pain in the ass, but he's so been, which, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, he was, he's been around for a while and he went from Tangerine. Project. Yeah. And then he did the Florida project right after that really small movie. And that movie blew up and even got an Oscar nomination for Willem Dafoe and he is just one of those filmmakers that started from quite literally nothing and mm. made his way through like uh, the quality of his of his work. And it spoke to a whole, I guess, time in America and this very specific subculture. And uh, what is the subculture? What, what is he tapping into? Well, he's definitely looking at America and how they deal with various situations. So in- sort of like that other guy who's that other guy who... Uh... Harley Chamandi likes a lot. Uh, uh, Werner Herzog. No, 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 not the not Werner Herzog. The other guy. You know who I'm talking about? The the guy who made Spring Breakers. Oh, Harmony Curran. So sort of like Harmony Curran. Yeah, uh, I mean, not the same style, obviously, but he's kind of focusing yeah. more on like that lower class of America, and he makes like this blend of comedy and drama and. Uh, this kind of fantastical element to very mundane things. So it's, he's got a great voice and I admire that a lot that he, I mean, he went from the Florida project, which was his biggest budget film. And then right after that, he just decided to make a small film for $1 million called Red Rocket. And it's one of the best films of, uh, I think last year. Yeah. It came out last year. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you definitely got to check it out. Red Rocket. You would love that film. It's amazing. Red Rocket. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it. It's like a porn star. It's like a Boogie Nights type of movie, right? I, I mean, like, in the sense that it deals with, uh, I mean, I guess, I don't know. It's not the same type of story, but it's like this uh, faded porn star who has to, like, make money and hustle. And the whole film follows, like, this adventure that he goes on. So it's, uh, yeah, it's great. And it's really funny, cool. too. I'll check it out. I'll probably watch the Florida Project uh first just because uh you know i've been going to florida pretty often and <laughs> i like florida <laughs> yeah no uh, and that film really captures the people super well because it's yeah it's like florida man's yeah florida man's but also just like they he casts real people in that film so like all the supporting characters are for the most part people from florida and like those are the people and they, that's cool i they, like that yeah it's it's really interesting it's cool. he gets real people that's yeah. good so it's almost like a trailer park boise kind of vibe definitely like it feels real it doesn't even feel like you're really watching a movie it's just like that's that's people's lives and it's interesting are those people like also from uh the lower class background does he actually get like lower class people or does he just get random people i mean it's hard to say but i'm pretty sure it's also just like he's finding these people or the casting director he's finding tap these people. him yeah. yeah yeah he's he's just getting so who else is another um 
person. We've listed one, you know, we yeah. got two more to go. Okay. Um, I would say, so like that for just the filmmaking grind, but purely for style um, that I always turn to is David Lynch, who I'm sure you at least have a passing knowledge of. Uh, he's of course. pretty, he's a pretty big director. Even if you haven't like seen any of his films, it's, he's kind of known for making weird, crazy dreamlike stuff. And I've always appreciated his, his work because one, it's very, it's very different. It's a very singular style that a lot of people try and attempt to mimic or recreate, but they can't because his style is so singular. Like you watch one of his films and you're like, I have not seen anything like this. Like the acting is very particular. The writing is weird and sometimes kind of, soap opera e but then it turns into something terrifying it's it's a very weird mishmash of tones and when i'm writing my scripts now i always think of uh you know like one of my favorite uh, david lynch works twin peaks which is a huge inspiration on everything that i do uh i kind of take that and i, I put it in my work in some way like how to make interesting characters and interesting worlds and taking mundane things and putting a weird surreal twist on them so definitely david lynch for story and style and just craziness you know i i admire that so much so david lynch at number two and then um oof for the third spot that's pretty tough um but i really do love um this uh hong kong director wong kar wai who has made wong a lot of wong kar wai um I don't know if you've what heard of it? any of his films, but he's made Chunking Express and In the Mood for Love, a bunch of other films like that. And mm-hmm. he has a very interesting style. And also, I love this director, not only for the style, but the way that he shoots his films is he doesn't really have a concrete script when they go in and shoot the film. It's like he has the idea and the actors and the sets being built, but he writes the films as they go and... I think so he doesn't most... write it. He writes, it's like improv, improv a little bit. It's, it's he writes his movies. It's not necessarily improv. It's more like he'll be there with the, the actors and he'll, he'll feel be... out what he wants to write next. Yeah, exactly. And he's working on it with them. And sometimes they spend days just on one scene because they're there and they're coming up with new ideas and mm. the editing process is very long. And there was one of his films. I shit you not took three years to shoot not to like put together the whole thing just to shoot it it took three years which is it's it's absolute insanity like that's crazy the actors must have gotten fucking bored of that movie no i mean they weren't shooting (laughs) it they weren't shooting it uh for the full three years it was like on and off and it was in blocks and it's it's crazy but that's how he makes his films and it's insanity and like not many people could do it but it's amazing and he achieves this really beautiful pure style which is exciting but bittersweet and it's beautiful he's like one of the only filmmakers that really makes me mushy gushy in my heart you know what i mean yeah yeah 100 i gotta check it out yeah no i for love well i mean in the mood for love is more of a drama and if you're exciting films from him i'd watch chunking express and especially especially fallen angels that movie is like it's cool and it's super stylistic and so those two movies for sure cool and he's a chinese director or uh yeah i mean I, if you want to if you want to get into the debate whether hong kong is a part of china or not but so he is a chinese director we're funded by the ccp so let's not 
Get in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. There's someone knocking on my door right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's she. She. I promise you. I'm sorry. Winnie the Pooh. Why is that amazing? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But um, uh, he is a filmmaker from Hong Kong, and uh, he's pretty freaking cool. That's nice. Yeah. So what are you working on, man? So right now, because um, I used to make shorts a lot of the time, like I would make shorts like every month or so, right? And I still, yeah, yeah. I still You're love all doing... about the volume. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I used to be. And then I put out a film earlier this year called Couchsurfer, which mm-hmm. was kind of like my first big film in the sense that a lot of people saw it and took notice of it. And I got opportunity from that, which was basically what I wanted. Um, But after that project was done, I kind of just felt like, okay, I'm at a different place in my career. I can't really be spreading myself out too thin. Like I like making shorts, but now it's time to make bigger moves, right? So when I was living at my aunt's place for a month in the plateau, I was there in this like beautiful um, triplex. And I was like, you know, one of my friends is a really good actor. I was like, let's just shoot a, a little film just for fun and we started shooting and it kind of turned into this huge thing and once the month was over I was like let's just keep shooting it let's keep going and it's gone to the point where it's become a feature film and now when this project's done I'm gonna um, do something with it I don't know but it'll definitely be something that I try and sell or make into What's something the synopsis else. the synopsis um, it's it follows quite a few characters but like the main character it, uh, it follows this um, Arab man named Kareem and he's an actor and his mother recently passed away he's uh he's an he's, actor in the movie yeah like he's an actor in the movie that's his profession and okay he's a little depressed and he is feeling aimless and two things happen one he because of my situation we just decided to make the film about him house sitting at uh, one of his friend's houses and he's in this place and I mean a lot of the the film also takes place outside this house but Mm-hmm. he's there and one of the big plot lines is he decides to instead of act uh to assist and direct a music video which is like kind of the secondary role to the director and he's reevaluating, i guess his career and trying to do something else right so that's one thing and then another thing is he's parallel to what's happening in the story of the film itself it starts to become very meta And then it follows also all these other supporting characters that are friends of his and we kind of go off into their lives. So it's a film that kind of deals with a whole community of filmmakers and actors and is about creating arts and how art intersects with life and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it, I mean, that's the best way I can describe it right now. I'm still shooting it, you know, so I'm still finding out what the film is about. Let me ask you this. Is there conflict? Of course, there's lots of conflict. There is lots of conflict in the movie. Each scene it, has a type of conflict going on. Is it the aimlessness that's the conflict? What would you say is like the biggest, uh, you know, like plot line where it's like, you know, it's... I mean... Like, the, where's the investment from the viewer is I th- what I mean. I think the the investment comes more from wanting to see them succeed and they're Mm. all like kind of down here and they're all trying to make it up here and each of the characters has their own kind of struggle going on whether it's like in their career or something psychologically or internally and throughout the film they're kind of trying to change their lives or go on a different path or fix what they already got to be in a better place and some of them 
end up in a better place than they were at the beginning of the film and some of them not so much some of them oh, haven't cool. really found what you know so it, it kind of goes off yeah, in a yeah, lot yeah. of different directions but the conflict is definitely so there's more than one happy, i guess right there's more than one main character well there's a central character but there are like i would say besides that main character four other characters that we also follow pretty prominently throughout the film you know when you say follow, it's not like uh, they all hang out together. It's more like now it's this guy's scene. It's kind of like a, like it's, you know when you press that button in Grand Theft Auto and you could play as Trevor now. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, Franklin. That's actually the perfect analogy. It, it is definitely like that. Where one time you're like following a very intense scene of the, of someone going through like really emotional trauma, and then the next scene is a comedy scene with uh, you know the characters practicing lines or something like that, and then it goes into another scene that's kind of creepy and and weird and surreal and it goes through all these different things and uh the film it's kind of like uh movies like magnolia or Babel, where it follows a lot mm. of characters and they intersect at different points in the film you know cool nice so yeah. it, this movie is a lot of it is organically like drawing inspiration from your surroundings and like what you're actually kind of going through with uh film and just one hundred percent, and the movie is kind of a blend of narrative and documentary, where it's kind of taking inspiration from me and my and our friends' lives, and also, you know, putting a twist on it and making surreal situations out of mundane things, and also showing other scenes that are more realistic and feel like you're there on a set, and then other scenes that feel more fake and artificial. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely drawing it. from my life right now. Cool, cool. And uh, is there any like, um, so is everyone like uh, sober in the movie or is there any drug addicts? <laughs> any of the characters are drug addicts? I mean, the most is that one character didn't take mushrooms, okay. but otherwise, no, there's no, uh, it's not, it's not like, it's not a film where like there's, it's like more of their career. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's about, I would say it's kind of a hangout movie where you're just hanging out with a bunch of characters and, looking at their lives and sometimes it's shitty and sometimes it's nice and fun and kind of going through all the ups and downs. Cool. That's which, awesome. Which are the kind of films I love to make, uh, whether it's like a really dark, depressing film, mm -hmm. um, a film that's more light and fluffy like this one. I love to just hang out with characters and see what's happening in their lives and it's in the bad moments, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and when are you looking to kind of wrap that up? Filming in... October probably, but post-production could take very long or very short. It's up in the air. I want to get funding for post-production and finish up the film properly and get a producer and try and shop the film around, maybe send it to festivals and see what happens with it. So who knows that uh, I'm trying to get bigger projects off the ground, which I can't comment too much on, but I have like a lot of different things that I kind of, I don't put my eggs in one basket. It's kind of just like, okay, well, if this project doesn't happen, then this will happen. And then if that doesn't mm -hmm. happen, you're diversifying. Have, yeah, you have to diversify because in this cutthroat as shit, like you can be promised one day something. And then on the very last day, the very last minute, they're like, eh, sorry, it's not going to work out. And it's just like, mm -hmm. well, now I'm fucked because I put all my eggs in one basket and I was counting on this and you can't do that. You have to and you take diversify and be smart. Yeah. And then you take it personally, which is the worst possible thing. You have to, you have to stay strong, have a good backbone and it's okay to be disappointed, but you also have to know when to like be being like, let okay. on by a thought. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just kidding. The, the thought is the industry, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
they're just leaving no. you on. But that's the thing, man. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, that's good to rejection is important to have, you know, hundred percent. Like you need to know on. how to deal with, yeah. Early on, you're going to deal with tons of rejection and it's, uh, it doesn't matter what part of the artistic industry you're, you're in. Like if you're in the music industry or, or the art scene or the film industry, like it doesn't matter which one you're in, there is disappointment constantly. And being an artist is, unless you're a nepotism baby or something like that, it's pain at first because you're just trying to get your work out there and it's going to be tough. And you also want to be paid for it at the same time so you can live and make your art, right? So you're how do you feel relaxed? To... How do you feel like, how do you feel like you can relax with that? Like, is there a heaviness to it where you're like always stressed or you're just naturally a Zen person and, you know, you don't get too stressed about any of that? There's always going to be stress, you know, especially when you got to pay bills and you're moved out and you have to as an adult and pay taxes, but it's, I don't let it, I don't let it get to me too much because I know that I will be fine. You know, like mm -hmm. I have people around me who support me. I, have decent work that keeps building from month to month because I'm trying to stay consistent and I've, I've worked hard to, to get to this point. Right. And I trust myself out too much by not letting work completely take over my life because even just for art, right. You have to kind of live your life in order to make art because you could be influenced by other works and other people, but at the end of the day, you have to experience your own life and, uh, you know, try different things and meet new people and have all these different mm -hmm. experiences. So you're able to inform. And mm -hmm. um, I guess doing all that stuff, like just putting aside enough time to sleep and relax and hang out with friends and, and get high or like just do fun things, you know, like you have to set aside enough time to decompress and live life and not be completely buried in work. Mm -hmm. Do you, cause you, for a lot of your films, like you draw inspiration from people, you know, or like from movies you've seen, how often do you like read a book or like, you know, read an article about like something that's going on in the world and think like, you know, like I want to use something from this, you know, or like think potentially maybe in the future, you know, when I have more, you know, money or whatever to make this movie funding, uh, I want to, you know, base it around on this? Like, is there anything like that, that you, um, that's not in like your world that you would want to make a movie about? Oh, a hundred percent. The problem with that is money, you know? And if you're, what would that be though? Let's say you, I gave you, you know, all the money you need to make this movie. I say, Ryan, I want you to make this movie, the best movie. I'm yeah. a producer. I got all the funding. Yeah. I have, that's crazy. Well, okay. I would, okay. For let's say like just sticking on the topic of real events, right. I really, really want to make a nice high budget film on the Oka crisis. Um, I've always found that period in Quebec history to be really interesting in that particular event. Um, there's a great film made on the whole event called Kanesa Take, 270 years of uh, suffering, or it's, it's called something like that. It's a great film. And after I saw that, I was like, this is, a really important story in Canadian history that like we know about, but not a lot of other people know about. And there has, there was a film that came out recently called beans that was made on the, on the, the event, but it's a smaller scale film. It's an independent film. And I would love to really make a $50 million. I wouldn't say Epic, but just like with the proper funding to tell this story, because I'm very, 
um, I'm very into First Nation stories and um, that side of Canadian history. And I find uh, that particular event to be a landmark in, in First Nations rights and, and all that. And it's, uh, it's, just, it's just rife for story. It's a really good story. So I would love all that over a golf that. course. eh? Exactly. I mean, that's the whole point, right? It's all that over a golf course, you know, like completely repressing a whole group of people just to, for some business and patch of land. Right. So definitely that, that would be cool for like crazier stuff though. Um, I would love to make like a weird, uh, cross between like the Revenant and the movie Alien and like the Green Knight, you know, where it's kind of like this sci fi mythical tale of like this guy wandering this wasteland and there's all these monsters and weird creatures that he encounters. And uh, I would love to make a weird film like that. And I don't know, I have a lot of ideas. Um, yeah, like for a like fantasy because you did that, you did, you made a kind of like a fantasy film with, with like a monster, right? Yeah, I did. And that film was terrible, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I would love to do that. What is kind it of... called? So people could go check it out. <laughs> it's not. It's not available anywhere. But it was. Called, oh no. Okay. It was. It was called Prey, and it was two hours long. Prey. And Prey. It, was, it was garbage. Very original name. <laughs> I know. Like especially since I'm the kidding. new. The new. Like, it's true. Like the new Predator yeah, movie yeah. came out, and it's called Prey. You know, like they're stealing yeah. my idea now, huh? Uh, <laughs> they but... gotta give you some royalties. Exactly. What the fuck? But yeah, I uh, I made that, and it's a stinker. But I've always loved that world, and I wanted to like have a good budget to like what happened to the sequel to uh the movie i was in there what what was it called oh scum scum you never made a sequel to that but you said you were working on one i was and i was working for many many months on a sequel to scum but what happened is um last summer i wrote that That movie movie. was a classic it is a classic i love that scene between you and xavier it's still one of my favorite (laughs) scenes that i've directed to this day oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like it's so it's so raw. Listen, man, if like, you ever authentic. need me again, I'll, I'd be happy to do more, uh, more, more oh, scenes like that. I would love to. I need like the classic Cheyenne of like, what the fuck? You mother-? Like the Joe Pesci yeah. Cheyenne, right? The Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro uh, mix. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and now I've been watching The Sopranos too. So like I could oh, bring some new characters in. The Sopranos, man. Such a great show. It's still one of the You best. watched it? Of oh, course. Yeah? Of course. I've seen it. I, I need to watch it again. But this day is... I think it has my favorite like final scene of any television show. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Oh, you don't know how it ends? No, no. I uh, I'm only on season four right now. Okay, but I won't, you know, I won't say anything. But I could I could give you some impressions real quick. Let's let. Sure, sure. All right, Tony. Uh, fuck. Tony is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck, <laughs> Christopher? You're fucking stupid. I don't know. And then That's uh, good. Paul, what's uh Silvio? Once they brought me out, they bring me back in. <laughs> you know, it's, not... it's okay. Uh, you can work yeah, on Sylvia great. a little bit. Sylvia a little bit. Polly, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that, eh? that's pretty. It's, it's pretty it's good. Okay, pretty it's good. okay. Um, it, what's uh Christopher's wife, uh, girlfriend name? Adriana, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I'm really not Christopher. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I kind of remember. Yeah. Oh, and then Ralphie. I love Ralphie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tone. She was a hua. That's pretty. Uh, hua. Yeah, the way he no? says that, he's just like hua. <laughs> yeah, the way he says it is <laughs> very funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the um, James Gandolfini. I think that's the best one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, he. Yeah, I guess. But it was a good show. It was a good show. I, I'm still watching it with my girlfriend. We like it a lot. It's uh, 
Yeah, it has a pretty legendary ending, and you're either gonna be beyond. Stop talking off, about the ending. Or Dude, like, I didn't even watch the Better Call Saul ending yet. I haven't <gasps> finished it. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. I just need to go off on a quick rant about Better Call Saul. Um, I finished the whole show, and it is definitely one of the best shows ever made. Like, period. And Fuck. I would, I would say it probably rivals Breaking Bad. And I wouldn't I'm getting say, nervous. I wouldn't say the ending necessarily is better, but I'm not trying to compare the two shows. Like, it has the most perfect ending for better call saul like that you could imagine it's like be it's the the characters that are in that final episode and the way it's shot and the writing it's all so so good and it's it rewards you as a viewer like really well it's it's, does it feel uh, like a final conclusion to breaking bad yes definitely because because el camino i was not having that I mean, listen, I understand people don't like El Camino. I'm one of the few people that that really enjoys that movie for what it is because it's a smaller scale story. But Better Call Saul is a lot grander. And not only is it wrapping up um, that show, but it's also kind of wrapping up the Breaking Bad universe because, um, well, maybe I won't go into it, but it does bring back a lot of plot points from Breaking Bad in the last half of this of the last season. So, wow. It's it's That's, amazing. I'm getting my heart's rushing right now thinking about it because dude, you're gonna cry. I'm, it's such a perfect ending. I love it. My my problem with Better Call Saul, and uh, I mean, listen, I I watched it until like you know season, the new season six, right? Yeah, the recent season that just came out. They spend a lot six. of time on nothing. You have to admit, they spend a lot of time of a shot of Gustavo Fring fixing his tie. Yeah, but this putting on his clothes. Here's or, where, or like, you know, Saul's mansion. You know, I'm yeah. like, okay, cool, but like, can we can we speed it up a little? This is it's already been four minutes of this. You know, I mean, I can sort of understand what you're talking about. Like, if you don't enjoy the slower style, then I can I get that. That's a personal preference, but I wouldn't say it's for nothing. Like, I think one of the biggest strengths of Better Call Saul, and they did a bit of this in Breaking Bad, but it's very prevalent in this show, is you see an object and you don't know what the significance is, but they place a lot of importance on it. So there's like one episode where Jimmy drops an ice cream cone at the end of one episode and it's on the pavement. And no spoiler. It's not a, no, 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 it's like in one of the other seasons, season five or something. And, oh, okay, okay. and Nacho comes to pick him up. He's like, you're coming with us, right? he gets in the car and then the start of the next episode starts on the ice cream cone and you see an ant crawling on it and then you see the whole cone is taken over by ants and then later on in the episode you see him return to that ice cream cone and he's just looking at it and the whole thing is melted and it's gross all over the floor and they do a lot of that because they basically are doing character development and symbolism all in one where it's like what does that signify like i I mean that right there is is saul getting deeper into into the mob world you know he's he's the whole like i'd say first half of better call saul is him pulling off like fun shenanigans in a way like oh he's a bad lawyer but he's a fun guy to watch you know but then when the crime element of the show starts to really seep in and he becomes involved with um with the cartel he what are you doing walter yeah he's like no longer dick away walter (laughs) i'm not having sex with you right now walter um fuck i lost my train of thought um anyway all the better call saw memes are appearing on my tiktok bro right i love the better call saw memes they're so good <laughs> yeah. Drip, drip the mic voice yeah oh my god yeah. uh but yeah anyways like that kind of thing is there to show like corruption of of innocence right and there's a lot of that in the show where it's like 
here's an object and you don't know what it means. And then you finally see and you're like, oh, that's brilliant. And it's like doing visual storytelling, like no exposition. It's like you understand what they're saying just by like how they're showing this object and how it changes throughout the episode. It's, it's crazy. It's amazing writing. It's some of the best I've seen on television ever straight up. It's, it's brilliant. Sopranos though is is uh, is good too. You gotta admit, Sopranos and Breaking Bad are like go hand to hand, like like head to head a little bit. They do, right? but I I'm telling you, like I feel that way about Better Call Saul. I, yeah. I really I think it is one of I think it's one of the best shows, but it's definitely up there like in my top five of all time. Well, I'm happy I'm happy that I waited for this season. Like I watched a bit of one episode and I was like, no, I just stop. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy now because I could just bang him out you know i don't have to like wait every week and you know yeah new and and for a lot of the last season you have a no idea where it's going like it's just presenting so much new stuff all at once and you're just like what in the world is happening why are we well watching i'm ready this? to like yeah because because a lot of the show was him in black and white and it's like you know him working at the donut shop or whatever so i'm ready to kind of see what develops with that because you don't see much Last I remember is like some guy coming up to him and saying like, I know you, you're Saul Goodman. And like, yeah. he's like, do it. And he does the better call Saul thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes. It's um, well, I'm just not going to say anything, but yeah. Overall you're satisfied. Yeah. It's a 10 out of 10 show and it's a 10. Yeah. Out, I mean, maybe not a 10 out of 10 final season, but that last episode is it's a masterpiece. It's like, that's, that's awesome. That's how you should end a TV show. Cool. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, are you friends with Noah uh, Noah Um, I mean, only through, you know, our interactions with him. I don't really see him too much, but like, you know, Noah's a cool We met guy. him together? Yeah, well, you know, we shot that music video together and I've oh, seen right, him, right, right, right. I've seen him at a couple other parties. You no, know, he's, he's making movies now. He's, he's making a movie. Really? But yeah, he's making a documentary... This is the thing now. He's a investigative journalist. Wow. He's um, yeah. He he's in Colombia. Well, now he's not in Colombia, um, and he's making a documentary about uh, corruption that's going on there. He was just on my podcast uh, last week, so if you want to yep. listen to it, you can get some information. But I think you guys should meet up. I think you guys should meet up, and you should give him some tips because uh, you know he's you know he's been consulting Ryan Turk. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, it'd be good to, to for you to see him too. Yeah, for sure. I'll uh, I'll definitely hit him up or chat him up. I I love uh, meeting new people on the scene and uh, just seeing seeing different perspectives, even if they don't necessarily are are like as knowledgeable on like certain things, right? I find everybody has their own ideas and perspective that they they put into their work. One hundred percent. Or do you hang out with Ryan? like have uh, you been hanging recently no not recently he's i mean he's doing his thing at mel's i'm pretty sure uh, but i you, you're uh, you're reminding me to hit him up i haven't hit him up in a while do do it right now <laughs> live call, well no you don't have to call him live but you do it do it today yeah you know what yeah. i'll do it after this okay yeah awesome well is there anything else that you want to cover like that we haven't really gone into I mean, obviously, I got to talk to you one more time about Stream Studio. Stream is amazing. We're using this right now to use the podcast. There's a bunch of different options that you can do on Stream. You can have a nice intro like this. You can kind of change it up um, how you want to view the 
call slash pod. See, we have all these different options. Now it's just me. Hey, how's it going? But we'll put Ryan there. And you can change up the background. There's a lot of different things. You could pan. You could do whatever you want. And, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen any technology like this ever for any podcast platform. So, I mean, if you think this is cool, then you better believe me because I'm, I'm using it right now. So go ahead today. Start your own podcast, stream.studio, and it's easy. All you got to do is put in your email. Bada bing, bada boom. You'll get a link, and then you can start a podcast today. All right. So you didn't you didn't think uh did you think of something? I did. Um what I it's honestly a question for you. I want to know what was the best film that you saw last year? Best film I saw last year. Because there was a lot Shit. of great ones from last year. Like that came out? Yeah, yeah, that came out. <sighs> Let me look it up. Let me yeah. or you could kind of say like some of the names. I'll I'll list off a few. I mean, uh sure. I'll talk about mine. My favorite from last year was that shit slapped that i game. didn't watch it i didn't watch it yeah I, and I, it's surprisingly a very it's surprisingly a very polarizing movie for some reason like a lot of people Apparently it's like pedophilic or something that's what i heard yeah i mean that's not correct <laughs> like if you watch the film it, you'll see it's not sure. like that but um besides that it's it's a fantastic movie and it shows like it's like once upon a time in hollywood where it's like kind of showing a time period and Huh. characters in that time period but like there's also a cool interesting story happening and it involves people from that time but like fictionalized versions of them so it's oh, a cool okay. it's a cool fun movie with one of the best soundtracks in recent memory and it's pta bro like he just makes killer movies and that's uh, for me that movie is a 10 out of 10 like i flat out love it it is so so good recommend it to everybody amazing um other movies that came out last year though uh, dune that was pretty awesome. Um, I wasn't a fan. Not a fan of Dune. I think we discussed this. Yeah, I, it's possible. I wasn't a fan. I don't want. I don't even want to give it my my uh, waste my breath on Dune right now. Okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> I think my favorite movie of 2021. Yeah, keep listing them though, because I think uh, I'm trying to look right now. Um, I mean, The Green Knight. I don't know if you saw that. That's a fantasy movie, but no, like... I honestly like. I haven't been too much into the movies. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like if there was a movie I saw probably with my girlfriend or something. Mm-hmm. Um say say some more. Say some more. Oh, oh my god, hold on. I need to I need to look them up. You're putting me on the spot. Uh movie. I think Roadrunner was my favorite. Oh, the I think that's a this year movie though, the Anthony Bourdain one. Well he's twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's saying oh it's saying twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. Let me see, let me see. Yeah, Roadrunner was really good. I really liked it because, um, first of all, it was real. It wasn't like a like someone wrote it, um, and mm-hmm. like it was it was like all real footage. So you kind of got to see like the rise and fall of Anthony Bourdain, like his his whole life was captured. Um, yeah, sort of like the uh, uh, Yeezus movie or whatever uh, Kanye West. Oh, movie. the documentary, yeah, the the miniseries. What was it called? Jesus uh, or? Genius. Genius. I like the first uh, three episodes, but once he starts getting like older, like which is like the third episode, I didn't really watch too much just because, you know, I don't know. I like the kind of the rise part. It's like that for me for most movies. I like the rise part rather than the downfall. Like Goodfellas. Mm. I like the beginning. The ending is like a little, uh, for really? me, just 
Well, no, I like the ending, but it just yeah. feels there's that bittersweet, like, ugh, like you 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 don't want the the bad part to happen. You don't want the hangover. Scarface too. It's like ugh, like yeah, towards the end, and then Casino, all these movies, you know, all the mafia um, movies. But yeah, exactly. And Bourdain was different. It kind of hit differently because like uh you know there's a lot of modern day uh i'd say geniuses that were friends with him you know mm-hmm. like uh david cho or chow or he's an artist uh josh Hame, the guitarist from queens of the stone age a lot of different people that you know were in his life and uh you know they kind of narrate the movie and you see little bits and pieces and you just kind of see how his life was you know torn to shreds by one silly you know little incident yeah and uh it was sad it was sad it was a good movie but you know definitely w- worth checking it out because it's so like hd too like because a lot of the footage from parts unknown were you know like shot in hd and yeah it, i liked it i liked it a lot okay i, I still have yet to check it out because i am a humongous yeah I, I i'm a humongous anthony bourdain fan and i watched a lot of his shows and I read one of his books too. I, f- I forget the name, but it was um, Kitchen Confidential. Yeah, no, there was it was another one. Um, fuck, I'm, I'm forgetting the name, but anyways, it was traveling I love, or something. Maybe it was something. It was a it was a traveling book. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably. Um, he's just such a brilliant guy and a brilliant writer, and uh, I've always been inspired by like. Uh, his shows just for how he shows different cultures and appreciation. So I really mm-hmm. gotta, really gotta watch that movie. Um, if I can just wrap this podcast though with an actual recommendation, is sure. the movie RRR. It came out this year, and okay. I swear to God, it is mind-blowingly incredible. Like it is everything you could possibly want in a movie. Um, so but it's, it's Bollywood film. It is a Bollywood film, and it's a surprising recommendation because the major- dude. I want to get into Bollywood because, like, fucking, I see these body Bollywood videos of like these fucking the guys like dragging the car, throwing it. I want to. I don't know who that director is, but if who is the guy who makes all those movies of like the guy who like it's like super crazy physics, like you know, like I mean, that's just a puts lot Hollywood of the- to shame. I know that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of fun Bollywood films, and a lot of them are just in that style. Uh, but this film, bro, what's R- the R- one where he's a cop or something? Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I the name okay. R R R is similar to that. It's better. It's crazier. There's I like just the first action scene of this movie is already one of the craziest action scenes I've I've witnessed in a movie, and it keeps escalating from there. Like it keeps getting bigger to a point where the middle of the film happens, and you see this one scene and one shot, and you're like well cinema has peaked like it does not okay. get crazier than this it is so it's so ridiculous but like completely well done like it's very Brian, sincere i'm gonna watch this movie it's on netflix watch movie. everyone watch it it is really? incredible i know it's long it's three hours and it's an indian film and most people think like uh, bollywood films or indian films in general are stupid and silly is no nah, man it'll Once this is the... drop like everyone's gonna watch it you know exactly like, and you know what this one is the one that converts people okay i'm just gonna say that like you even if you don't like it it's beyond entertaining it's so fucking awesome i love it my friend's trying to get me to watch attack on titans do you know that show is it i have i am almost finished it i is it good he's raving about it it is a great show like i can't even lie it's a great show i 
am not as invested in anime, but out of the few that I have seen, it that's is. the thing. It's anime, and I'm you're like saying, oh, people don't want to watch Bollywood. I'm like, I don't want to watch anime, but he's he says it's really good. Trust me. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll check it out. He's not wrong. But, I mean, like it is it like it's a more mainstream anime, so it it reaches a lot more people, even like people who aren't into anime. Uh, but mm-hmm. it is an amazing story, and you will get sucked in by episode one. Like, okay, so R R R, I'll check it out. Yeah, and RRR, like that is oh I can't I can't say enough about it. There's a scene where a guy of freaking muscled man fights a tiger and a wolf in a forest, all right? And it's a crazy scene. Like Yeah. Did oh. you watch the uh did you watch The Northman? Yeah, I love that movie too. That was a good movie, right? I watched that. It, yeah. I, that that was bloody and like crazy. It was a good movie. It's Elvis bloody and was crazy, and it's uh, it's very. It feels like a realistic, almost fantasy Viking tale. Yeah, you know, like there's elements. Once the of it fantasy feel... shit started coming in, I was like, "What?" And then, uh, yeah, but I thought it was supposed to be a real movie. That's what I'm saying. They present the fantasy elements as if they are like figments of the characters' imaginations. You know, like it's almost yeah. happening in their heads. So it's cool, and I love that guy's movies. He made The Witch and The Lighthouse, so he's a cool guy. Oh, he made The Lighthouse. That's I love I love the lighthouse. Um, yeah. What about Elvis? Did you watch Elvis? No, I hate that director's films, and I'm dreading watching it. But I know I'm going to watch it because everyone around it's a good me movie. Keeps, it's a good everyone movie. keeps telling me it's a good movie, and I'm just like, okay, fine, I'm going to bite the bullet and watch it. But but the beginning kind of starts off shit ass with all the uh, you know the the modern music mixed with fucking Elvis. It's that like, kills me. I'm sorry. That's just oh, like you terrible. hear um, what's that. Doja Cat and like, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. And she's like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, Shut the fuck up. That's terrible. But they did a good job because they only kept that at the beginning. So they, they try to like get the young viewers invested and then they kind of, they don't really do too much later on. Okay. It right. was good. I, I like Tom Hanks in it. He was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about Austin Butler? Was he a good Elvis? Uh, yeah, he was good. At the beginning, you think he's not great, but you know, he becomes better. And at the end... You know, there's like a lady wearing a mask, like an old lady, and she's like crying. She's sobbing at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people were very emotional at the end of that movie. Okay. My girlfriend cried too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I got to check yeah. it out, see what all the hype is about. For sure. Anyways, Ryan, uh, can you let us know where we could find you on the socials for uh, viewers watching this podcast? Sure. Um, I have a YouTube channel. It's just my full name, Ryan Canna, and I should pop up. I got Spell couch- it out. R-Y-A-N, right? Pretty simple. And then my last name, Kanna, is uh, K-H-A-N-N-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's me on YouTube. And then I'm on uh, Instagram at RyanKanna237. Uh, I think I think that's it for now. Uh, I, I really got to get a website going. I got to take some time to make a website for my business, you know? Hey, if you want, I can make you a website. Oh, you make me a website? I give yeah. you I give you $2. <laughs> I don't think so, Jimmy. <laughs> hey, $2 and a hug, all right? $2 and a blowjob. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so we're going to do uh, we're gonna do that. We're going to let people know so they can mm-hmm. follow you there. And also Couch Surfers. Couch Surfers is a good movie. Thank you. Uh, you should definitely go check that out. He, you also have some different shorts, but yes. uh, I think check, that's Check that the, one out. That's the main one. And then, and then also uh, the movie I'm into. What was that called? Scum. Called, uh, yes. Scum. Check out Scum. You can find it all on Ryan Kana's um, YouTube and yeah, you're probably your Instagram bio and everything. 
Awesome. Exactly. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me and thanks for tuning in to the Cheyenne show. Yeah.